0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Ubaldi Reports. Now, last night was the New York primary, and Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, as expected, scored stunning victory. Donald Trump scored 89 delegates, John Kasich had three, and Ted Cruz was shut out. The popular vote went to Donald Trump. He gave, gathered 60% of the vote, 25 to Kasich, and 14 to Ted Cruz. Now, on the Democratic side... Um, there was 139 delegates went to Hillary Clinton. Sanders gathered 106, with 57 percent of the vote went to Hillary Clinton and 42 percent went to Donald. I mean, excuse me, to Bernie Sanders. Now the pundits on all the cable news, newspaper, whatever, are all talking about the race and how it's gonna how it's going to impact it, is there going to be a contested race, is there going to be a contested uh, convention on both sides of the aisle. And for the Democrats, it looks like it's going to be kind of hard for Bernie Sanders to gain the necessary uh, numbers he needs to overtake Hillary Clinton. But throughout the media and throughout this race, especially leading up to the New York primary, and we've got the Super Tuesday with a bunch of the northeastern states with one of the states as being Pennsylvania going up for uh, their primary vote next Tuesday. But everything has been focused on the delegate count. And especially on the Republican side, will there be a contested race? Will there be I mean, a contested convention in Cleveland in July? But the one thing that has not been discussed a lot of, especially on the Republican side, is the deposition that Donald Trump has to uh, endure, I believe it's next month. This is the legal case that on Trump University is over 5,000 individuals lost money when Trump University um, went bankrupt. And Donald Trump is going to be facing a deposition regarding that. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Now, the Trump campaign was trying to push that off until after the presidential election cycle, but it looks like he was unsuccessful on that but the question is he may not have won i mean he may win on uh, in the primaries in the voting but will he win when all the business dealings comes to light with regard to trump university and other business dealings by the trump um, donald trump himself now for hillary clinton the one thing she's going to have to deal with and that's the fbi primary now there's speculation it looks like probably june Maybe into July, uh, even um, the FBI director, James Cuomey, was saying "This is going to we're going to go s- slow, methodically, and we're going to go by the law. Now, the question becomes is how far does this go? Does it go after the convention? I mean, because this is politics. This is the first time that I've known, and, and probably in U.S. history, that you have the, the leading candidate for a, a party's nomination under um, – an investigation by the um, FBI. Now, I know Secretary Clinton is trying to say this is not a criminal investigation, but it's a—it's just a referral, a security review. The FBI doesn't do security reviews. So the two leading candidates, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, even though they're winning, they're basically despised by 60% of the American public. So if they get through this legal hurdles for Donald Trump and the legal... Challenge with their email server for Sec- Secretary Clinton. The question then becomes: Is who do you vote for? Both candidates are despised. Both candidates, most people don't do not like and have high negative um, opinions about them. So it's basically going to come down to who do you hate the least, and that's hardly what we want as president. But even if one of them does emerge victorious, as um, in November that person is going to have a very difficult time governing. And I would predict they would be a one-term president because every president, especially the first time you're winning the presidency, has a honeymoon period. You know, even the opposition gives you a break. We'll work with you. But this time, neither the candidates are well like even among their own party apparatus. So it's just going to be interesting how it goes. Now, for the Democrats... The Democratic establishment just really wants Hillary Clinton because they see if they elect Bernie Sanders, an advent socialist, they would lose in November. Now, for the Republicans, Donald Trump has been railing against the Republican establishment. There's some merits to that, but he complained about the last two um, primaries or caucuses in Colorado and Wyoming where Ted Cruz gathered all the delegates. And he said this is um, it's being stolen, it's being rigged. Whatever the case, these were the rules set forth before Donald Trump came into the um, into the race. Now each state can put their put the rules together. This isn't the Republican establishment in Washington. Each state can do it the way they want. The difference is Ted Cruz just out hustled, out maneuvered, and he read the rules. Donald Trump hasn't done that. Now he's starting to hire some people to help him go through the rules, especially as it leads up into the convention, especially the later states with the final state being California. So the question is, does Donald Trump, who touts himself as this business demand, I know I can get good deals, was outmaneuvered in Colorado because Ted Cruz read the rules. How is he going to deal with the mullahs in Tehran, um, the Chinese leader, Putin out of Russia. So it'll be interesting how we go through all this. But again, both candidates, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, have some legal hurdles to to handle that are outside the primary and political um, obsession or out of both parties. But the one thing that I've consistently stated in the various podcasts that I have done is nobody is talking really the issues The press just gives these softball questions. They don't challenge the candidates on any of their policy pronouncements or on any of the topics that are affecting America. Now, on the Democratic side, it seems like because of Bernie Sanders got into the race and did very well, he's likable. People may not agree with what he says, but he is very likable, and at least he's consistent. The question is he wants to make free college, free health care, single-payer system, a lot of free things. Hillary Clinton, not so much, but she's really leaned so far to the left just to, to outmaneuver uh, Bernie Sanders. Now, on the Dem- Republican side, Donald Trump has very, made some very bombastic statements like dealing with immigration. We're going to send everybody back across the border. We're going to be build the wall. And Mexico is going to pay for it now. If you go to his website, he wants to pay for that wall by, you know, heavily taxing the remittance of money that Mexican immigrants, when they come to America, send back, which is up to about twenty-seven billion dollars. The question he's going to have, though, or well, the problem he's going to have, is that's going to be a legal challenge, and that's going to take years. So that'll be outlive any presidency of Donald Trump. So. There's a lot of questions how he would do certain things like that, especially he's, what he says on foreign policy. And I'll get to the foreign policy in, um, in a few minutes. But first of all, the economy. Now, the Federal Reserve of Atlanta, just a few days ago, they reported that – now, this is still preliminary because the next few days the actual um, GDP for the first quarter of 2016 comes out – but they're reporting it's going to be between 0.3 and 0.5 percent. Now we've been growing around 2 percent. Every first quarter has been very rough, and then it picks up a little bit later. But 0.3 to 0.5 percent is extremely low, and if it is that low, that means there would have to be some sizable gains in the quarters ahead to get over. Now, the United States gross domestic product has not been over 3% since 2005. And that was in the presidency of George Bush. So under Barack Obama, he's never been over 2% or never, excuse me, never been over 3%. So these are the issues that the candidates need to address. How are you going to jumpstart the U.S. economy? More and more Americans are not benefiting from the the recovery. The recovery started in June of 2009. And since that time, we've had very listless growth. we had a very stagnant, just kind of, the economy's just kind of lumbering along. So how would a Trump presidency deal with that? How would a Cl- Clinton or a Sanders presidency deal with that? Now, Donald Trump touts his business acumen, but he, what he never really addresses is how would his policies affect small business. Now, the Gallup report came out a few months ago, and they stated that there are more small businesses leaving the economy than are coming in. So that means you've got more corporate companies that are, are in the economy minus the small business. And the reason why that's important is people need to understand 60% of all jobs in America are by small business with 50 employees or less. So if more small businesses are not growing, more small businesses are leaving the economy, that means jobs are not being created. A lot of small businesses are that engine of economic opportunity. They're the ones typically that come up with the next greatest idea, and that it usually gets bought out by the, the corporate companies. But usually that's the small businesses that are that engine of economic growth that really fueled the American economy since the birth of this country. But none of the candidates talk about that. Now, the president, President Obama, tells that the unemployment rate is down to 5.0, the economy's doing really well. But the question that nobody seems to ask him, especially the media, they never ask him, well, if the unemployment is as low as you say, and we go going by what the Bureau of Labor Statistics says, and we go by what your economic teams have said. So if the unemployment, if if unemployment is low and the economy is as well as you say then why is it poverty welfare food stamps or any any public assistance were at record level so if if the unemployment rate is dropping to what some economists will say we're at full employment then why aren't these other poverty programs dropping or reducing um, individuals in it now, if you look at the re- unemployment report that comes out every um, the first Friday of every month, the Bureau of Labor Statistics has reported that most of the jobs being created are typically mid, low to mid wage, basically around $14 an hour. Most of them are in retail, food service, some are in healthcare. So these are hardly enough to jumpstart an economy. So if you're making $14, $15 an hour, That's enough just to pay the bills, but that's not enough to go out and spend, get that new car, maybe help pay your mortgage. You're not going to be able to do that, and that's hampering the economy today. So both of the candidates, and I'll just stick with Trump Well, we go all four, need to address these. They talk about what they need to do, but it's always in the corporate vein, and they complain what the other guy says or does, but they're never really addressing some of these things. And then we go into the national debt. This is something that has not been discussed at all. Now, for Donald Trump, he talks about, I'm going to balance the, budget, balance the national debt within eight years. And many economists, I think mean, like almost all economists, were like stunned by that pronouncement. Because at $19 trillion, there is no way you can reduce or balance the national debt in eight years. Especially the the policies. Now, he can make a dent in it or maybe reduce it, but not the way his policies um, are going. Like he said, nobody under a certain amount will pay any income, I mean, any taxes. Now, the question that he's never addressed, and almost all economists agree, the biggest driver of the debt is Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, and interest on the debt. That's about 60 to almost 70 percent of the federal budget. So these are things that you can't just – the president can't do. He's got to get that through a Congress to pass. Now, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders, they've never addressed that. They've never addressed how they would reduce the debt. Now, for Bernie Sanders, his plan was to raise taxes on the the soup the, the, the top 1%. But even economists have said that. Even the Wall Street Journal reported back in, I believe it was December – all his tax policies and all his spending would, would equal what the national debt is now, about $19 trillion. So that's just going to really hurt business. The other one that they, all three of them, or all, basically all four of them, if you throw in Ted Cruz, and I know John Kasich hasn't really gotten in much detailed on this, so we're going to stick to Sanders, um, Clinton, Cruz, and Trump, is international trade. Now, they talk about all these trade deals have been bad for America. And I mentioned this on my previous podcast when it deals with small business. International trade has helped this country. Now, Donald Trump says we're going to put 30% to 40% tariffs on Chinese goods coming coming into America. Now, what people need to realize, we got a fragile economy. What would 30% tariffs on Chinese goods coming into America mean considering what would China do for all American imports coming in? And people need to realize the United States is the largest exporting country. So people need to think about what that would do and look at its own. Look at our own history. The history of the United States. If you go back to the Great Depression, once the stock market collapsed in 2009, by the fall of 2000, um, excuse me, the fall of what did I say? The Depression, when the stock market corrupted, let me correct myself. When the stock market collapsed in 1929, by the fall of 1930, there we go, by the fall of 19, it looks like the stock market was beginning to regain what it had lost. But then short-sightedness of congressional and presidential leadership by you know Herbert Hoover and the Congress at that time, and Democrats went along with this as well, they passed a pretty good sizable margin, Smoot-Howley tariff, legislation which would be punish all of foreign products coming into the United States. So we put huge tariffs on all goods coming in. So what did everybody else do? They did the exact same thing and then because the economies were so fragile at that time, it just sunk us into a deeper depression and it took World War II in the aftermath to get us out. So they need to really challenge these candidates and what do you mean what would you do differently? Would you scrap NAFTA? Would you scrap the uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership, which was also a bulwark against China with all these other nations? And if we do that, what are all these other nations going to do? Are they going to rush to China to fill that void? That would fill right into Chinese hands. So the candidates need to be pressed by the media on what they would actually do when it comes to trade. How would they reduce the national debt? which is extremely high. What would they do with Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid? How would they reform those? A lot of the states under Medicare expansion by the uh, under Obamacare, this is where the, the federal government pays a good portion, like 90%. States pick up the rest, and then it drops down from there, where a lot of states are, who signed up are going broke. So how would they fix that? And then what would they do differently with health care? Donald Trump talks about health care. We're going to re- repeal and replace it. The question is, for the repeal part, how are you going to repeal it when you're not going to have that supermajority that Barack Obama enjoyed when he became president where he had 60 US, 60 senators or Democrats and a supermajority in the House? No candidate, Democrat or Republican, is going to enjoy that big of a number. So how is he going to get that through a hostile Opposing party. So, if you're a Republican, how many Democrats are you going to jump on board on that? And same thing with the um, with the Democrats. If the Democrats become if a Democrat becomes president, how would they do it? And how would they change the health care law? Because Hillary Clinton says she wants to expand Obamacare, and Bernie Sanders really wants to go to a single payer system. How would they do that with the Republican? Um, either majority or mi- uh, minority in the Congress that needs to be addressed. And c- this goes on the light where United healthcare, one of the largest healthcare companies in the United States, they have decided in 2017, they are pulling out of the uh, affordable care acts and their co-ops across the country because they've total losses over close to a billion dollars. And this, by doing that is going to, drive up health care costs. And remember, President Obama said your costs wouldn't go up. Well, that's as proven very false in the Washington Post. Hardly a conservative paper gave President Obama four Pinocchios on fact-checking on that. So these are things that have to be addressed, and we need to know these answers. We can't wait until November, and then oh we'll find out after they get elected. So these are something that they got to look at. Now, merging into the foreign foreign affairs market foreign affairs, turn into foreign policy, how would the candidates defeat ISIS? Now, Donald Trump and Ted Cruz said, we're going to bomb them into oblivion. Hillary Clinton talks about, we're going to work with our Arab allies. We're going to do certain things. But nobody's said, what what replaces ISIS? How would you work with our Arab allies considering they see Iran as the bigger threat Than ISIS, I mean, they look at ISIS as a threat, but that's not their biggest concern. They see the, especially the Saudis, where the president's visiting now, and it's a very contentious relationship. Considering he called them free riders, doesn't see what we gain out of it. So these are the challenges. And I know most people said we'll get the Arab armies to do anything. The Arab armies have never been able to work together in a cohesive um, army and coordinate things they couldn't even do that against the israelis during the many arab israeli wars. So the question is how would you get those arab armies working together? What role does the United States play? And they see again Iran this iran nuclear deal which Hillary Clinton champions, Barack Obama side to think was the best thing and he likes to see Iran as a regional player with other regional powers. And this is like an anthem to our longtime allies in the region. So that's the question that nobody has asked. And then the decision, how how would you deal with Russia? We see that Hillary Clinton, the Russia reset that she initiated when she was Secretary of State has not worked. Donald Trump says, I like the guy. I can work with him. But is that going to stop uh, Putin in the Ukraine, the Crimea, and in Syria and challenging? Because we're seeing lately – or recently the flybys of Russian air, military aircraft over United States ships in the Baltics, the Baltic Sea. So how would we, what is their policy toward Russia? What are we going to do to China? China's building its military presence in the South China Sea, which is really inf- worrying our allies of you know Vietnam, Taiwan, um, Philippines especially. How would they deal with that? What are their policies to be? And then our allies. The United States, even our, in our relationship with our key allies, has been a very difficult and problematic. With the president in a New York, I mean, an Atlantic article titled "The Obama Doctrine," when he calls our closest ally, especially Great Britain, a free rider, regarding that they're not spending what they should on the, uh, defense, he blames them, Britain, for the debacle in Syria that they didn't get. I mean, the debacle in Syria. I'm sorry, in Libya. They didn't stand up for it. They didn't. They just kind of let – we took a, Muammar Gaddafi out, and they just went back to other things. So this is not building a good relationship. And then look at Donald Trump on some of the statements he said. Well, we should pull out of NATO. We should reevaluate that. Well, that sends shutters to our Eastern European allies who are members of NATO. What about the Baltic states, L- uh, Latvia, L- uh, L- uh, Estonia, Lithuania? What do they see they're a part of NATO now. Whether you agree with it or not, they are part of NATO. So what does that mean when the United States is going to reevaluate? What does he mean by that? And then his statements regarding allowing Japan and South Korea to have nuclear weapons. A New York Times um, interview, one of them by, was by David Sanger. They were asking these questions. And he says, well, they're getting a free ride. We should pull back. We're broke. But what he didn't, nobody asked him is, well, how does China view this? Their traditional enemy is Japan, because through the, the centuries, Japan has come up through the Korean Peninsula. So what are they going to do if we see South Korea and um, Japan getting nuclear weapons? So these are some of the issues that need to be addressed and haven't been addressed, haven't been asked, and it's time the media challenges these candidates. And again, it's as we go deeper into this presidential race, we need to ask these candidates – These tough questions. How would you fix the economy? And what would you do differently than President Obama regarding the economy and foreign affairs? So as we go through this, be better informed because we're going to get the government we may not want. We're going to get because we didn't take part. Hey, if you get a chance, keep listening to Baldi reports. But again, if you get a chance, I got a book out called The New Business Brigade, Why Businesses Need to Hire Veterans and the untapped resource they represent. You can buy the book on Amazon. It's a bestseller. You can go to Barnes & Noble or any of the major book manufacturers, and you can get that book. Let your, let your friends know, and we should be hiring our veterans. They've done a great service for us. We need to help them. Also sign up to Stitcher and iTunes, and let me know what you think of these podcasts. Let me know what you want to hear, listen to, what you want me to research. I'd be love to have some of your questions, and I'll try to answer them. So keep listening to Ubaldi Reports. Tune in next time. And let's again, let's challenge our elected officials because if we don't, we're going to be sorry. Have a great day and keep listening to Ubaldi Reports.